0: podcast featuring Jamie Mike and Steve and we are live back with another episode here on the nothing but net podcast I'm your host Steve Carter we are rolling into the final week. Yes, I said it. The white flag is out, Mike. We are rolling into the last week of the regular season. 31 um, episodes covers the year. We're on number 32. Whew. It's been an exhausting NBA season, Mike. What is going on?
1: Not a whole lot, man. You are right. It's been a long NBA season, and... um. You know, I was just talking to people recently about how there's been, and I think I mentioned it too, just been a ton of information and a ton of scenarios and players and drama to talk about this season. So it's really been a great like inaugural, uh, you know, season to have the podcast, just because there's been so much going on and it's given us a lot to talk about. So you know, thirty-one episodes now, thirty-two. It's it's been a lot. So then it's going to mm-hmm. get even more crazy as we enter playoffs here.
0: Absolutely. Usually we kind of know who's going to, you know, probably be in the NBA finals at this point. We kind of already know who the MVP is going to be. And I think those are two major scenarios in which we don't know exactly how it's going to actually play out, Mike. And I think that has brought in um, a ton of eyes on the NBA and obviously for the good reasons, because I'm not sure I remember an MVP race as tight as this one. And nor a playoff seating, kind of see who's going to get in the play in who's going to get in the playoffs um, and all that good stuff. So that, like we've uh, discussed last week, next week we will be having our play in episode, but that will not be released until Tuesday morning because that, those, that's the day of the game. So that's kind of what we're going to be diving into for next week. Um, and then as well as next week, we will be having our playoff episode, which will come out Saturday morning, in which the playoffs will start. Mike, let's get started at the top on the business side. The most important news, um, obviously, it wasn't going, wouldn't have impacted this year, but it could have impacted future years moving forward. The NBA and the Players Association come to an agreement on a new CBA for the next seven years. Uh, things that it includes is the new in season tournament that could be er- added as early as next year. Um, I'm not really sure that I've seen a structure on how that will work yet, but we've been hearing the rumblings about it. So I think that is going to be extremely in- interesting as we dive into. Players must play in 65 games to be qualified for the regular season awards. NBA ballots will become p- positionless. I-, I absolutely love that. So now we just get the best 15 players, and I think that's the most important part. Um, allows uh, players to invest into the NBA and WNBA teams, sports betting, and cannabis companies. Um, And with that being said, the NBA is no longer testing for marijuana. And the salary cap goes up $30 million, but they are adding a new luxury tax layer for owners. Mike, what sticks out to you in all of this new CBA stuff?
1: Uh, I think, you know, the the initial headline that you, you know, just, uh, discuss here is that the in-season tournament, um, and again, we don't really have a lot of details around it, so it's hard to, uh, you know, make a lot of comment about it. But my initial thoughts are just like, I don't know how how, how is this going to be structured, what it's going to look like. Um, you know, you mentioned play, winning team can get up to a half a million dollars. Uh, I just don't know if there needs to be larger uh, incentive for some of these teams or individuals um and and like when is this in-season tournament coming you know we the season gets broken up of course at all-star break a lot of players like to you know take a little uh you know week vacay or whatever it may be um i'm not sure if they'd extend the all-star break and have a tournament there i'm not sure if it'd be the beginning of the year i would think you really don't want a tournament towards the end of the season or post all-star break with the playoffs. So I'm I'm not really sure. So that's that's kind of my initial thoughts and then I'm I'm with you on the the uh, all NBA ballots becoming positionless. It it in past we've had like guys who may not be the best, you know, one of the best 15 players but because they have that position they you kind of get chucked in there. Um, and now we're just kind of keeping it, you know, straightforward here, like give us the, the 15 best players in the NBA. So uh, those are, those would are definitely be the two that jump out to me. Um, and then those I are, guess, oh, oh go, go on. No, 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 no you're I, good.
0: No, the NCs, those are definitely the two that I think are the most eye-opening, the most impact to us. I also really like the players must play in 65 games to be qualified for regular season awards. Um, but I believe they have said, like, there could be some – that's not as – like, that's not a solid 65. Like, if it's, like, 62 and, you know, something came up that made sense, maybe uh, suspensions or something, I'm not sure. But the, the 65 wasn't solid, so I'm not really sure what that is going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do want to talk about the in-season tournament just real quick because I believe Silver – Adam Silver has stated that he wants to bring in international teams into this tournament. Um, Yeah. Yeah. not really sure how it's going to work, but I absolutely love the idea. If we're putting this like in December, um, you know, where you're a month, a month and a half into a regular season and you're giving a team a chance to, you know, maybe clinch a playoff spot. So that way they don't necessarily have to worry about the second half of the year as much or, uh, you know, maybe it's a young team that just needs to get this competitive experience. All of it depends on how the new generation of the NBA will pick up on this, if it will be successful or not. But I absolutely love the idea. I think more competitive basketball gives the guys less reasons to sit. Um, You know, they're being financially rewarded. Um, Maybe it gives you a playoff spot. I mean, think about how many of those Teams in the uh, look at the Dallas Mavericks. If the Dallas Mavericks had a play in uh, a play in or an in season tournament that got them a playoff spot, we wouldn't have to be watching them thinking, "Oh my gosh, like is this actually going to happen where they don't make the playoffs?" So there's a lot of really good things here. They're still saying that it's not going to impact how many games are in the schedule. Um, it's going to obviously bring more competitive games to the NBA, and if we're doing this around in December, like I think Christmas just makes a whole hell of a lot of sense to have like a championship game. Just imagine how many eyes that the NBA could bring in on arguably their biggest day. Yeah, I, and just
1: to go kind of back where you're saying, so yeah, I think the uh, the introduction of you know possibly like some international teams definitely add, is a like another added twist that I think would draw more eyes, more attention. Um, I think it just... You're right about the Mavericks, too. Uh, I think this really just comes down to how they are going to structure it. What's... what's Like I said earlier, what's the incentive, what it means for teams. They really got to hit it right because this, to me... It's similar to like when they they did the playing tournament. I think I was at first I was like I don't know how this is gonna be, and then once they did it, I was like oh man this is great. So that's kind of where I'm at with this is like I don't know I don't know how to feel about it obviously because we don't have a lot of details. I just have to see it, and I hope they kind of get it right with whatever um, whatever they do. But I, I think if you just have NBA teams, it gets you know we. Kind of has like a similar like we've had this feel before, but when you throw in some international teams and some players and names that you know the typical uh, NBA fan hasn't seen um, solely like I guess in in the USA, uh, then it then it gives people more of an interest. I would hope so. It's
0: it's very interesting that that may be the route they take. And final point here as we wrap up this CBA, it's very shockery, right? It makes a lot of sense. The, you know, the NFL doesn't have, the NFL is obviously king, but it's not big overseas where soccer is the biggest sport in the world, whether Americans want to agree with it or not. It's just, it's just how it is. And I think that it makes a whole hell of a lot of sense, A, for the NBA to try to go international, try to interact with those teams because, you know, the U.S. doesn't really get, uh any a team in the Champions League, obviously we know why the or the MLS just isn't that good, and if they do, you know they don't really do anything. Um, not really sure how it works with soccer, so I think that could be interesting. And I also with the, me thinking about it, I don't know that it's just going to be also like a stop in the season. I think this is something that you just play on, and then uh, you have two regular season games in a week, and then Thursday night you have this play, you have this tournament game, and I think that's what could really add some excitement. Um, does that devalue the other games if you blend them in like that? I'm not really sure. I'm really excited. I was with you. I had the play in I wasn't really so sure about um the first year though I knew it was a hit. And I really hope the play in stays. It just creates even more drama. Um it puts superstars in, you know, an immense amount of pressure of trying to get out, trying to make the playoffs. We've seen LeBron, we've seen Steph, we've seen we've seen a lot of stars already play in this um, and Steph, I believe didn't even make the playoffs when he was in so uh it's it's just you know it's kind of like NCAA tournament kind of feel um with the play in so I'm really excited to see how the end season tournament end season tournament's gonna work yeah, i'd agree did you, is that what you think is that
1: um they might have it like regular like count as regular season games?
0: Yeah, I believe it's going to have some impact on the standings. Yeah, yeah, that would be to, to right. Buy it. Yep, you're right. Mike, let's roll into our picks. So the awards season is here. We have one more week. Some of these awards, I think, are pretty locked and sealed. The first one we're going to start with may not be, though. The MVP, It's it's been the talk of the show. We've said it, so many guys could be in it. I, we last week I think we boiled it down to three names, Mike. Our preseason picks, we both took Joel Embiid. He is one guy in there. Jamie took Trey Young. Who is your pick for MVP this season? Or rank your top three out of Jokic, Giannis, and Embiid. Um yeah, this is a real toss up. <laughs> Especially after this week. Giannis Giannis week. gets blown out at home. <laughs> um, Jokic sat or Jokic sat a game, and they lost two big games this week. And now the one season in flux, and Joel indeed talking a lot of shit, sits out against them. Not backing it up, yeah. Um, you're gonna hate me
1: for this, but I think I go Embiid, Jokic, and then Giannis, and I get the whole. it's I I don't feel right putting Giannis at three. Because we talk, I believe we talked about it last week, how he's kind of going unsung as like a, a MVP favorite right now or going on a little under the radar despite, you know, holding that. Because I think they are still number one seed. Um, and having like a, a very good, is it, is it fair to say a quiet good year for him?
0: Uh, I, yeah, I, no, you're good. I believe it is um, just because he, he might be having the best year of his career. It's it's just it's been wonky. it yeah. the way we've gotten there was ugly because at the beginning of the year he was super inefficient. He had those two games under ten points. And we're like, what? No like,
1: Middleton too. Like, yeah,
0: just been a starts, weird year for the Bucks. So, but yeah, and I,
1: I could you know rake my brain about this for for another hour, but I think I think I gotta lean and bead Jokic, and then Giannis for um, for for. Right now anyway, of course we said it last week. Like a couple games go by and things can switch and move and I don't know. I don't know.
0: I like it, Mike. I do like it. Um I my top three, I think if I was submitting a ballot, I would go one in B's, um, two Giannis and three Jokic. Jokic yeah. has not done nearly enough to be our second ever three time or three straight MVP guy. We've watched Michael Jordan have the best year of his career, potentially, and get robbed of not winning it. We've seen LeBron maybe have the best year of his career and not get, uh, and get robbed of winning it. And I don't think Jokic is having the best year of his career. The assists are up, but the defense is down. Um, I, Denver, man, they're losing in the second round. They're going to pull the Suns in the second round, so... I got lucky for saying that about a month ago because I didn't know they were going to be pulling the Suns. Now that I know they're pulling the Suns, more than likely, or the Clippers, I think the Clippers would beat them too. Um, I just don't think Jokic should be – voters fatigue, you could say, fine. But, I mean, he's had a phenomenal year. I love him as a player. I love watching him. What he does is insane. Uh, If he does end up averaging this triple-double, that it's going to be really close. But if he does – I think that's phenomenal, but I think the triple double thing's just overrated and I've just saw that with Russ. Um and I'm gonna decide between Embiid and Giannis. I said I would take the better team, but that blowout at home for the Bucks, uh, does it for me. I there's no explanation to get beat by forty one against the team that you just saw in the conference finals. Yeah.
1: And you can make the case for the back to back, which I do, you know, maybe think Plays the like a a sliver into that, but I mean, forty points at home is just inexcusable. Yeah, yeah, and
0: you know, like you said, an embarrassing dude, like embarrassed, pathetic. I mean, that's oof. I think the Bucks are an interesting team to watch this off season because they're quietly starting to get older. Like I think people don't understand that Giannis is closer to thirty than we're probably thinking. I believe he's twenty seven or if he's not 20, he's either 27 now or 28. Uh, so he's a lot closer to 30 than I think people think. And Drew Holiday is going to be 32. Chris Middleton is going to be 32. I think this team, there should be a lot more attention on this team than people are making. And Brook Lopez is like 35.
1: Giannis um, so is 28.
0: It, yep. He is 28 already, so. You know this team. I, he's a lot closer to thirty than people are thinking. This team is going to be very interesting, and just with the way Giannis plays, it'll be interesting to see how long he can uh, dominate in this fashion.
1: Yeah. Um, the Buck. Uh, yeah. The Buc- The There's a like a solid handful of just like interesting teams in these playoffs, and the Bucks are. I feel like one of those top ones. Um,
0: that they might have the most sneaky pressure on them to win a championship this year. I think so, especially if you hold that number one spot, you automatically
1: get looked at as like, oh, you should be at the very least Eastern Conference Finals. And I know the West is a bit more of a, oh, what do I say, a roll of the dice. But the East, you know, the first round, probably everybody's pretty safe, I would think, of who we think. And then second round gets a little dicey, so interesting.
0: It's funny, too. At work, I was like, you know, I'm really starting to see myself thinking that the Seventy Sixers can beat the Celtics, and then the Celtics did that to the Bucks, and I was like, "Oh, never mind." <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, if I, I, I was really starting to like where Philly was starting to fall into place. Everything was feeling good, um, but. Yeesh. Mike, coach of the year before the season. Uh, before the season picks, you had J B. Right? I, that's what I wrote you down for.
1: Uh nope. Who did you have? No, I had him. Um, oh okay. You had uh, J B. This, I think, this, I think, was probably as a unit between you, me, and uh, Jamie, maybe our worst category. Fair to say? Yeah. Yeah, I had JB. I had JB. Um, I, you know, I guess I wouldn't have hated the pick. Do you think the Cavs have underperformed? I don't think they've underperformed. I just think that...
0: They hit their over, right? They're going to win 50 games. They hit their over. It's just a wonky year for the Cavs.
1: Does he get any votes? You think?
0: I just think the top two candidates are far ahead, of, above yeah. everybody.
1: Yeah, yep. I would agree. So I did have JB. Don't don't hate to the pick there. Just not going to happen.
0: No, um, I had Willie Green, and I'm sorry, Willie. I cursed you pretty bad. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Zion went down. I cursed you. You know, it all worked out. Um, but they're starting to hoop. It was unfortunate. I was really excited about the Pelicans this year, Mike. But let's talk about the two finalists that I believe I believe are the two finalists. You can add names to this list if you want. Um, everyone's going to go to this award and say Mike Brown. And I think this award's still open um, with one, one little thing floating out there, and it's the Grizzlies potentially getting the one seed over Denver. Um, I know that seems a little far-fetched, um, but if somehow Taylor Jenkins – leads this Grizzlies team to the one seed in the Western Conference after not having Jaron Jackson to start the year, after Desmond Bain got hurt uh, early in the year, after John Morant had all this going on, after Steven Adams got hurt and no one wants to talk about, after Brandon Clark gets hurt and no one wants to talk about, I think if somehow Taylor Jenkins and the Grizzlies are the one seed, I think this vote. I think this vote should be unanimous. That's an interesting take
1: and you know something I really didn't even consider cuz I mean I'm definitely on the it, it to me it's Mike Brown um mm-hmm. that's kind of what train I'm on here. right now too yeah uh but the scenario you've painted I definitely think and, and I'm sure the voters amongst the league and media would probably catch on to that as well that that paints an interesting picture of of you know what Jenkins and his staff and his, the organization has gone through kind of this year and how he's still managed to, uh, you know, kind of persevere and still remain successful. And he's got a young, and we've talked about this, kind of a young and immature team. So give, I, I guess you do give him credit for even all the, you know, off the court stuff or even on the court stuff that he's been able to kind of push through and get them to where they need to be. And especially if they were to capture first place, then I think he really does need a little more attention, like you're saying.
0: Yeah, I I mean, obviously, I agree. I Denver, this is the thing. Denver has the Kings, the Suns and the Warriors. Um They also have the Rockets and the Jazz, I would assume. Utah is probably going to be very rest-heavy this week. I think they're going to, uh, you know, why not tank for them? I don't think making the play-in makes too much sense. So I believe we see Utah do some funky stuff this week. We're resting. Don't know how much we see Lowry and all them. But Denver <clears throat> Denver has three losable games. And I think that really opens the door for Memphis. Memphis has the Bucks, Um I believe is that the Pelicans I can't even tell what that logo is uh the Blazers the Bulls and the Thunder so they obviously have some work to do but I think that window is open um obviously right now you said the name Mike Brown I think he's more than deserving I don't want to discredit what he has done um with that team I just think at the end of the day if Memphis were able to somehow do this which doesn't look like it's going to happen um but hey if they do it um you know, I think it de- I think Jaren Jackson deserves a lot of credit and all this. I think the Desmond Bain is super. Uh, the Desmond Bain injury got super forgotten about because I believe he was out for almost a month.
1: Yeah, he was. You're right. Um, and I, I know we we're talking about Mike Brown, and obviously is kind of the, you know, I, I would say the lead candidate here. And what he's done like for Sacramento as well. I mean, I, I just the whole fan base you can feel is like, I, I feel just super charged about making the playoffs. They have two good, uh, great players even. Um, and he's really got them going in a solid direction. It's just the fact that we all love the Sar- Sacramento story, but we all know that it, they might get bounced first round here. Right. And I, that's nothing against Mike Brown at all. Um, but just to take that team where they were to where they are now is, is incredible. I, I think that wins a lot of votes, and rightfully so. Do you, you, You'll you need to help me out with this, but where was Mike Brown before? He was assistant
0: somewhere, right? I was actually just going to bring this up. Uh, okay. He was in Golden State, and I just think the, yeah. the lessons that he was able to learn under Steve Purr really showed him how to coach an offense. Um, I watched Mike Brown coach LeBron James um, in LeBron's first stint in Cleveland, um, and he didn't really know what to do offensively in the half court at times, you know, obviously when teams get out and running, that was kind of his pace. So I think that's why they're so good in transition. But the fact that he was really able to learn and establish a half court offense with his team is what has taken them to the three seed in the West.
1: Yeah. It's, you definitely, you definitely feel like he's taken a lot from that Golden State organization and coming off a year off championship. He's, he's tasted a little success there. Um, And he's definitely brought that to
0: the Kings organization. So they are a really good story. And with that being said, I mean, that brings up another name that could potentially be uh, an interesting coaching hire is Kenny Atkinson. Maybe Kenny Atkinson can kind of go to Golden State and learn these same little lessons in Golden State that he didn't necessarily have in Brooklyn, even though he had a nice team in Brooklyn. You bring these new lessons with you, and it can obviously – help further yourself in the ranks of coaching and you know i think kenny Atkinson's a good young coach i think he just needs to find the right next spot for him yeah yep let's roll into our rookie of the year this is a this is a tough one mike i'll let you start
1: it is a tough one but i am we
0: actually got one right too i was gonna say Actually, it's... we might have two right we might have him beat at mvp
1: yeah, uh, which is, you know, I'm pretty happy with two out of this, especially with the way the NBA has gone this year. Yeah, I think I had Paulo Bancaro here, and I'm still pretty confident and happy with that. I, I Like I said, I'm pretty confident on. that... what
0: Put the house on.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty confident that he will get that award, but um, there has been some other good rookie players this year that have had, you know, good uh, rookie seasons, Um but Bancaro is, to me, still just ahead of them and has established himself as a, you know, NBA-ready, like, um not going to say, like, veteran status, but I, I said in the, the initial part of the season here, just, like, NBA body-ready, like, has good patience at times, knows picks and chooses when to, you know, uh, go and get his points and, and then, you know, also distribute and attack glass. Um, and, and especially... In- Credit to you, Steve, for cashing in on the the Magic over like that. That Magic team is a good young team, and I think that was it was a really great spot for him to really flourish and um, you know show his skill set uh, in his first
0: year. If I told you the Orlando Magic are only one game out of the eleven spot, no. would you believe? I, I, think, know, I think people I don't understand how good of a year Orlando has had. I think this year couldn't have gone any better for them. This really sets them to look at the play-in as a realistic option. Next year, Van Caro has just been really good. 20 points a game, uh, seven boards a game. Shooting numbers will be improved next year as he you know, starts to learn his way. Um, there's just a lot of things to really like about this Orlando team. I, Franz Wagner, I think, is super underrated. I think he's that's going to be a, you know, one of those guys who's just uh, maybe third best player, fourth best player in the team, but has a very long career, kind yeah. of like, um, uh, you know, I think he's better than Daniel Gallinari, but I think there are some similarities.
1: Yeah, so I just you're right. I mean, the, the magic of I give the Magic a, a couple years, and it, it it gets a little interesting for them if they continue to grow and, and maybe you know get another piece or two. But
0: another just, lottery pick this year would be nice for them.
1: Yeah, I just think they. I think if you're an Orlando Magic fan, or if you're like um you know a member of that organization, I think you can be pretty happy, obviously, about the season, but kind of where the future is for you guys now. I, I don't see them being kind of a threat uh, for anything, maybe for a couple of years, but in some time, again, if you add some pieces, like this team could be, you know, fight their way out of play-in and maybe, I don't know, Do you see them like catching just a, a one through six spot in years to come. It's just tough to maybe gauge that. But I think play-in tournament is, is a very real possibility for them in the next couple of years.
0: I think it's a very realistic possibility for them um, next year. Yeah. I think when we look at, you know, the state of the East in the future, uh, the Bucks. i said it, man, I, I think they're still going to be a top-six team for the next couple of years. Are they a top-six team in the next three or four? You would assume so if they continue to keep Giannis, but Giannis's contract runs out in the next couple of years. Um, they've already unloaded all of their picks for Giroux, um, You know, Giannis seems like one of those guys who is always going to stay at home. But when, you know, you're starting to look around, you only have one championship, you know, things can enter his mind. Um, The Boston Celtics are going to be around Philadelphia. Harden's older, but, you know, I I would assume they're still going to be able to put another superstar around indeed. So you think they have a few years. Cavs are young and good. Knicks are young and good. Nets are young and good. The East is loaded. The Heat are falling off the the Hawks, I don't know. I have no clue about the Hawks. The Raptors, no clue. Uh interesting off season for the Bulls ahead. The East to me is gonna be pretty open here in the near future.
1: Yeah, I would agree.
0: Um, so I think that just opens the door for Orlando. I love Atlanta or, or Atlanta. I love I hate Atlanta, but I love Orlando moving forward. Uh I think they have a brilliant young core. I think Wendell Carter gets lost in some of their names. He's had a phenomenal year for them. I know that Hurts a little bit, Mike, but um, love what Orlando is doing. Rookie of the year, it's easily Paula Bancaro, my pick beginning of the year as well. Jamie had Jaden Ivey. Um, it'll be interesting to see year two of Jaden Ivey. I think it'll be big for him to A, get Cade back, and B, have a second year um, to where he can really continue to develop. He's a freak athlete, super fast, but uh, didn't really look out. Two guys we got to talk about. Benedict Mather mentioned him before the year. Uh, went on to have a really nice year. But the guy that I think had the second best rookie year, Jalen Williams, out of Oklahoma City, Mike, this Oklahoma City team, um, you know, they have a ton of picks still. They have all – now they're starting to collect all this young talent. I believe Chet has been moved to doubtful in games, leaving the door open for maybe a play-in game, which would be insane because we haven't seen Chet play. But, man, this Oklahoma City team, just to talk about them, Jalen Williams real quick. Is really coming along nicely for um, what's the GM's name? Sam Presti, right? Yeah, uh, that does sound like it's. Good. But yeah, so I just want to shout out Oklahoma City because you know I don't they they definitely don't get the talk they deserve because as of right now they're a playing team. And I hope they stay there.
1: Yeah, that's so a good pick. Um, you know, Benedict Mather and, you know, we we're discussing. I think he's had a pretty good rookie season as well. Um, maybe not to the degree of. Jalen Williams are getting any uh you know, rookie of the year votes, but that's what you want to see in your rookies. You know, there's only only one guy can win the award, but uh these rookies that enter the league, just to see a lot of them kind of have some success, get their feet under them, um, get a little taste of the NBA is good to see and obviously their organizations love to see that. And Chet, like you said, I didn't even know that about him going doubtful. That's the OKC. Are kind of resemblant to me of of the Magic in the sense that they just are a very a, a young team with a lot of talent. Now, obviously, the Magic don't have an SGA, but you get the Thunder get another good pick coming up, and then Chat comes back, and next year can look a, a whole lot different for them. So, um, future's bright for them as, as well.
0: I would agree. Yes, absolutely. Defensive player of the year, Mike. Jamie took the uh, the huge favorite in the offseason, Rudy Gobert. Um, what a year that has kind of turned into at Minnesota. All of a sudden, they're starting to play well, though. Um, interesting year for Minnesota. I took Joel Embiid. I think it's been good defensively, just not defensive player of the year good. And you took Robert Williams. This group for us is uh, also, this This might be our worst.
1: Yeah, I suppose it's this Although Robert Williams crept up there, I thought for a little not like Yeah. Made not in a major sense, but like when he was playing his games I thought his name got tossed around in there a bit, but you know, he's continued to miss some more times, so that's fallen off the wagon a bit. Um my defensive player of the year, I think we all well I think the there's one player that stands out a little more? Are we just discussing that now? Uh, yeah. Yep. I'll go I'll go with Triple J here. Jaron Jackson Jr. to me seems like he's got this one. I'll say locked up. Um, there's a couple other names. Brooke Lopez. Um, actually, I'm missing one off the top of my head, I was going to say. But Brooke Lopez, I know, has been one that uh, a lot of people have kind of discuss but jaron jackson jr to me made just with his defense has made an incredible difference to the memphis grizzlies too where he wasn't when he wasn't playing in the beginning of the season they're um you know still winning games because they had scoring a lot but they also gave up a lot and then you know get jaron jackson back in that lineup after the injury now memphis all of a sudden is a defensive team it isn't getting giving up as many points um and becomes one of the better defenses in the league and is still winning games and his offense has come along, you know, a, a ton as well. So Jaron Jackson jr. Just continues to grow. Uh, and I think he's got defensive player locked up.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think this one's over with, although, you know, Brook Brooke had a hell of a run and the transfer uh, transformation to Brooke Lopez's game when he came into post, you know, he's just that kind of guy, you dump it down. He gets you 20 and 10 on the block. Um, now, his name, his nickname is Splash Mountain, and he's second in defensive player of the year voting. Um, you know, just how much money that transformation has got him is, um, you know, gonna, you know, it's just absolutely insane. Uh, another name I wanted to throw out there is Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley's yes, played in good. 68 games, 69 games this year, and has only fouled out of two. Um, just not, uh something that people, you know, a lot of people don't really talk about, but being a big man and not fouling out at that level, I think, is elite. Um, what he does defensively for the Cavs. Um can guard the perimeter, can switch up top, uh, guard guards, guards try to, you know, go around him, not able to because his feet are too quick. Um, Evan Mobley, this Evan Mobley's name is gonna be in this race for a long time to come. And I could see this award being Jaron Jackson, Evan Mobley uh, back and forth for some time. Yeah, that was the other name I, I did forget.
1: and Especially you look at, well, Jaron Jackson, obviously, is, is a very young player, too. Brook Lopez has been in the league a little longer. But to have two young guys, two kind of new names that no one really, I, I guess, initially thought or weren't favorited to be in the conversation here, it's really good to see for the league and really good to see for you know those teams, obviously, that have them.
0: Without a doubt, Mike, let's roll into sixth man of the year. Um, this grouping for us, this is the hardest award to pick if you don't know what roles the guys are going to hold throughout the year. Uh, this was a huge Russell Westbrook award for a while in the year. Um, don't even know that he's eligible for it anymore. This is this is probably the most open award, Mike, our preseason picks. We had Christian Wood, Jordan Poole. You had Jordan Poole. I had Christian Wood. Jamie had Jordan Clarkson. Um, I think they're all valid picks, uh, you know, I just don't know that the, any of them are even qualified to win the award. Uh, my pick for this is the guy that I just mentioned a couple of weeks ago. I don't think there's any crazy stats. Uh, no one's coming off the bench and averaging twenty this year, which I thought was a little surprising. Um, maybe Christian Wood, and you know, I think he averaged twenty at the end of the day, but I don't know. Christian Wood, it wasn't. It's not been great for him in Dallas, in my opinion. But with that being said, I'm gonna go back to the guy that I'm talking about. The offensive numbers aren't crazy, so I'm gonna go with the guy who impacted defense and winning for his team. He still did put up the points on the bench, bench, but it's the guy I've been talking about, Mike Emanuel. Quickly, that'll be my pick here for six men of the year. Yeah, I love that pick. Um, I got on the
1: quickly train pretty early, just in, in you know, regarding like my fantasy team. Um, and he's really kind of you know come through. You're right. Everything he'll go out there, um, works hard on defense. Can be an offensive spark, uh, and especially those games where if Brunson were out, RJ were out, even if um, oh my gosh, help me out, RJ, Rand- Randall was out. Oh, Randall he he just gives you that another offensive piece that you would be missing uh when one of those guys are out and he he, he definitely proves that. So I like Emmanuel Quickly as well. Um does Malcolm Brogdon do anything for you? He deserves he deserves.
0: That's why I'm not necessarily. I think the odds are heavily Emmanuel Quickly. I think there's actually some value on Malcolm Brogdon. And
1: and I think I think Malcolm Brogdon there he had a good stretch of a couple of weeks where he might have been Favored it. I think that was kind of the post Westbrook, uh, I guess. What do I want to say? Run he had of being at, at the leader of that spot, and then he was kind of sandwiched between that and uh, before, like Emmanuel quickly really kind of took off. So I, I think he had a couple weeks there. Where he was, sitting, I would say, top dog in that category, and then once Emmanuel quickly started doing his thing, I think that, that kind of that race just became a little more one sided, but. You're right. I, I think Brogan does deserve a little credit, but
0: I think it's quickly to win. Also, just want to do a quick shout out here. Um, what the hell was I gonna say? I had a shout out to do it, and I can't even remember. I, 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 I don't know. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, I uh, re- regroup that thought. But
1: um, was it like a player?
0: Is it NBA related or like... Just... Oh, yeah, 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 sorry. I want to shout out Malcolm Brogdon for, you know, just being able to willing to, you know, kind of accept the sixth-man role. You know, he's obviously super talented. I think he's a guy who could start in the NBA. Um, he's had success as a starter for the Pacers, but he was always hurt. The fact that he was willing to step back and say, you know, my body could probably only handle, you know, 25, 28 minutes a night, I think really, you know helped his body get him through this year. And I think, you know, that understanding, a lot of guys may not always have that. And for him to do that, I think, may have extended his career. Now he's found a really nice role on a championship-winning team that I think is going to be super valuable for quite some time. I think he also was, if he didn't lead the league, I think he was in
1: the top top of the league. Was it for three-point percentage? Mm -hmm. Does that sound right? Does that sound crazy?
0: Oh, no. He was who. No, 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 no. Thought. They had those, you know, their offensive numbers were so elite for the first half of the year. And then obviously it dipped quite a bit. But um, I think the divider for me, though, Emmanuel quickly kind of closes games out. Um, and I think that's a huge part for, I mean, I think I'm not, I think Malcolm obviously gets his time at it, too. But um, I just think quickly, I like what quickly is done. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Most improved, Mike. You came pretty damn close. Jalen Brunson was a hell of a lot better pick than R.J. Barrett by me, and Colin Sexton by Jamie. Um, he's in the final three. I think this is a three-man race. I'm pretty happy with this pick. I was just talking to some guys yesterday about it, and
1: you know, Jamie and I discussed it as well. Like, I don't think, I don't think Jalen Brunson is going to win it, but. I'm very happy kind of with what he's done. I think it's just the other two guys he's really going against also just had incredible years. Um, I would, I would like to see Brunson do. I'm a big Brunson fan. Um, he's had an incredible impact at New York has had incredible performances. But when we talk about these other two guys, I don't uh, if you want to jump in and discuss those um, obviously go ahead. But yeah, Brunson, Brunson, I'm happy with, but those other two guys have also made incredible leaps and impacts uh, for their team and as individuals.
0: Yeah, Jalen Brunson. Just want to talk about the game against the Cavs the other night. Um, he torched us, man. My goodness. He's had multiple forty-point games too. I. I yeah, that, since he did make high, the All-Star break, he went. He went. He went bananas. I just want to pull
1: up his stats real quick.
0: Yeah. Um. And then where? When he was in Dallas, I did not know Jalen Brunson was this good. And maybe that's a concern. Tough to see, you know. Yeah. Maybe that's a concern with Lucas.
1: How does 24-game, three-and-a-half boards, six assists, shooting 49%?
0: I remember when he got the contract, I laughed at the Knicks because I didn't think he could be, like, a top-12 point guard. And I can probably say today that he is. Yeah, and then the stretch after the All-Star break –
1: you said, I mean, you just used the word torch, but that dude was torching the league. I, I mean, I think for a while he was averaging like almost, I think he was averaging above 30. I think we discussed it a little bit on one episode. I, I might have brought it up, but for a stretch after the all-star break, he was averaging, I, I I think over 30. Um, Dude was just hooping. I think he had a little, you know, bad taste in his mouth from that. Um, Obviously, he's come back down a little, but... Uh, he's got the Knicks rolling too. They they got a good thing going with him.
0: This this year this award this is it, man. This is what's tough. Is I feel like I can't remember the name last year. It was I believe did John Morant win this award last year, or was it two years ago?
1: Would this be his thirty? Yes, because didn't he win Rookie of the Year? Yes, and then so... he won Boston Improved.
0: Uh, my point being most uh my point being here this award so the two names that we're down to are Shy, S G A, and um Lowry Bird. Lowry Marketing. Uh <laughs> I think Mikel Bridges is another name that's interesting, but it's a little too far fetched. But since he went to Brooklyn, let's not understate like what he has done in Brooklyn. Um, yeah. but it comes down to these two people. Uh, Lowry and Shy, and I think it's just very interesting, Mike, because we always have – do you take the guy that came out of left field that vastly improved to be an all-star, or do you take the guy who was already an all-star, or well, I guess technically he might not have already been an all-star, but now that he is an all-star, but now he's, like, taking that top ten jump. Everyone – the media tends to look at the guy who takes that jump. And when we look at Jaw, who did that, was the most uh, recent one that comes to my mind. I can't remember who Jaw was against, but I was so upset Jaw won because someone was in Lowry's situation where they made this jump that you never saw coming, but Jaw wins. Are we going to have that same? Like, is that what's going to happen here? All the odds are going to be on Lowry, but then at the end of the day, we're going to respect Shy for making that top 10 jump more than. Lowry, if that makes any sense. Yeah, that's, that's kind
1: of what it does come down to. Um, to me, I mean, to me, I also look at, like, where, obviously, Markkinen has made um, an incredible impact in Utah, but SGA now has OKC fighting for the playing the play spot while going, I mean, this this is the the kicker for me. He's not going to win it, but SGA is going to
0: get would you say a couple like MVP votes somewhere? No, but I believe the ballot is top 5 and he will be on that
1: ballot. So, I guess maybe that's what I'm saying, that he's going to be somewhere, you know, attached to that.
0: Because and, MVP votes are, I, I don't know that a lot of people know this, but I'm pretty sure MVP votes are done by five. You must write one through five your votes, and then it gets and averaged then you, out based on, yes. like, 80 media
1: members. That's right. So that's why I'm saying, like, he, he gets, when I say some votes, I mean, like, he might get, like, some fourth place votes or something.
0: Oh, I believe, I believe he will finish top five. I think. He has to. If this is a play-in team, he has to. He has to finish fourth, in my opinion. I understand what Tatum and Luca have done. One of them is going to get left off. I don't care. This guy has elevated his team more than anyone else in the league. He is probably the definition of most valuable player. So
1: that's what I'm saying is if we look at him through that lens and he gets some of that credit and some of those votes in that category, it's tough for me to say how is he not most improved going from – and just because – I mean, he was a he was balling last year too, but um, I'm, I had it pulled up. I think last year averaging about yeah twenty four and a half five and almost six, and now it's thirty one almost five assists and about five or sorry almost five boards and about five assists. His field goal percentage last year was at forty five percent. This year it's at fifty one. Um, I don't know. That's why it's tough for me not to kind of give him the edge. And then I, you're right. I don't know. if Depending on how you look at it, do you, you know, it just what lens do you kind of view it through? Markkanen's hopped through a couple teams here now, obviously with the Bulls, the Cavs, and now Utah. Um, so he might have always had this skill set. He just needed the platform and the, the team to really uh, –
0: the volume, you know, right? Put that, they, on, yeah.
1: Put that on display. Whereas, I, it feels to me like because SG, you can almost see SGA's progression and his improvement a little more because he's kind of been on the same team, similar, uh, you know, personnel around him. Does that does that make sense?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So that's why I lean him. I think. So the name I was thinking of, and this is I'm so stupid. The name I was thinking of is Darius Garland. Oh, oh, Darius Garland made that jump though last year, where he was an All Star, and it's kind of like Lowry now. Lowry's situation is probably different. Lowry probably should have started in the All Star, or he did end up starting in the All Star game, didn't he? I can't remember Darius last year. No, Lowry this year. Oh, Lowry this.
1: I don't know if he started. Yeah,
0: yeah, I can't remember. I know Zion was supposed to, but then he was hurt, so someone came in. I believe I want to say it was Lowry, but if it's not, on me. But, my yeah, so that's kind of my point, though. Like, Darius made that jump to where he was, like, second year, a lot of people didn't know what he was going to be to um, going into his third third year, getting a full, you know, the full max extension, like, was an all-star. Um, but we went to jaw, so I'm with you. I lean Lowry because that's the way I think the board should work, but I I, I would bet, I, I might actually do this, I would actually probably bet, that the media is going to go shy because of what he's done. And I think the a huge underrated impact here is probably the fact that he's still available for another award here. Mike. Yeah, that's like, I just, I, I don't agree with, I it. with it. I don't agree with it, but I think right now I see SGA at plus um, 300. So if I get a shot to triple my money, when we just kind of saw this play out last year, but maybe Lowry had a you know too good of a year to pass up, which I'm not doubting. Um, I just think we have seen this story, and they typically have gone with guys who make the the jump to start them. I think um, the also, also
1: where is uh, Utah sitting here? Do they have, they have no shot in the play, out,
0: play in hey, No, they, it's not that they don't have a shot. They are. Um, a game and a half out of ten. Okay, and they have multiple big games this week. So they, I mean, they had Brooklyn today. Um, they have multiple big games this week that we that so they they're in they're in this. They play uh, the Lakers twice, I believe. So
1: yeah, it just this is what also gets interesting is like because the Jazz. The Jazz are sitting out right now, but obviously they, yeah, I guess it doesn't really matter much. Both Markkinen and SGA still have to, last couple weeks here, or last couple games, still um, just need to go out there and put on a, a, what do I want to say, a performance or uh, just a display of, Trying to win basketball games still. Trying to win the get their team to win games to either if you're O K C stay in the play in and maybe move up in the play in, or if you're Utah, fight their way into the play in. So it's not like if Utah was sitting, you know, at fourteen um near where San Antonio is or something, and they have no shot of making it, then Markin, you know, might not be might not need to put on as much of a performance to, you know, get their team to win. Whereas if they're both still very competitive, trying to be in this playing tournament, and both those guys are going to have to have great performances in the last couple games, and it'll get interesting to see kind of who outperforms who.
0: Absolutely, and you know I'm sure they're aware of the situation, and the interesting part is I do think Utah rest this week. I think I, I don't know it makes sense for them to try to get into it. I'm pretty sure if they can you know tank, make sure they don't make that play in. They can put themselves right back in the lottery for a potential top five, six, seven, eight pick. Like, they can put themselves right back into that range. I think that just makes way more sense. So I'm not even sure that we see Lowry marketing this week.
1: Yeah, that's, and that can make a difference.
0: But with that being said, Mike, Clutch Player of the, uh, the Year Award, it's, it's a new award. We don't really know how to base it. Um, you know, I think there's two clear names here. And I think the name that's the obvious name that's going to win this is a guy that, you know, he deserves the recognition, so I'm not downplaying that in no sense of the imagination. But it feels really good to get a Sacramento King and award here for after what they did this year. If Mike Brown somehow doesn't win Coach of the Year because Memphis is the one seed in the West, that's one thing. But clutch player of the year this year should be De'Aaron Fox by you know, and I'm not downplaying what SGA has done, but I think this is De'Aaron Fox and I'm probably pretty sure I'm saying that this is over. It just feels right to me. Yeah, I'll keep it
1: pretty quick, too. It's um, SGA or De'Aaron Fox, and to me it's De'Aaron Fox. For X, Y, and Z, but it's, I've seen him do it against the Bulls, where he comes in and just hits a shot, that just cold-blooded shot right near the end of the buzzer. They have, they're have they sitting at the top of the West at uh, number three. There's a lot of things going for for Fox to win this award, so I'll I'll lean him.
0: Yeah, I mean he's he's the leader in clutch uh points. Um uh there's there's a million things you could say. He's obviously he does it both ways, offense, defense. That's it, Mike. That's it for our picks. We're not gonna do playoff predictions this week. We will save that for the playoff episode. We'll do play in predictions next week. Um but our our last segment, the segment that you know usually doesn't have much to talk about. we kinda use this as our last little kick at what we're looking for next week Mike, there's a whole lot of shit to look for next week um let's let's look ahead let's let's get into these games we'll talk about each day kind of what uh headlines each day um there's some big games that might not necessarily impact the standings that I left out so you know, I just, you know, I went with games that I had that had like a direct impact on standings that could really change um, different things. We'll start here with today, Mike. We have the Suns and Thunder tonight at seven. We have the 76ers and Bucks at eight. Uh, potential MVP game for me. I, those are my top two guys. So it will be exciting to see. And we also have Warriors Nuggets. I believe the Warriors on the road. Can the Warriors go <laughs> on the road and beat the Denver Nuggets? It would be a huge boost for them, uh, confidence wise, as they roll into the playoffs. Um, any takeaways from these three games, Mike?
1: Um, you, you said it. They're, all of them are, you know, hold their own way as, in terms of significance here. Uh, Thunder have to keep winning. The Suns the Suns are seem like they are just going to keep winning if Kevin Durant's in the lineup. But, uh, Bucks and 76ers, you're right. If, if Embiid didn't show up for the Nuggets game for the battle of that MVP, then he better show up for this one, man. Um, and... Giannis played the other night against the Celtics, but he better really show up after you know that performance in another big potential Eastern Conference finals uh, matchup here, or Eastern Conference matchup in the playoffs. So that sticks out to me. And yeah, the Warriors winning against the Nuggets, I think would show a lot about the Nuggets. Um, and the Warriors would give them a lot of, you're right, uh, confidence. Is Jokic set to play in this?
0: Um, I have not heard any injury status for that game as of yet. It might be a okay. little too early for
1: that. Yep, so that will just be interesting, something to keep an eye on.
0: Underrated note on the slate for today. Kevin Durant returns to Oklahoma City, as I probably should have mentioned that as we were talking. About. Fair enough. Night off tomorrow, Mike. Night Tomorrow night, we get to watch <laughs> the Men's National Championship. We get a night off. Do whatever you got to do. Tuesday. We got a few different games here. We got the T Wolves and the Nets. Obviously, the T Wolves are competing for the play-in. Nets are trying to stay out of the play-in. We have Seventy Sixers, Clippers at eight. Big week for the Sixers. I don't know. I don't know who scheduled the Seventy Sixers this final week, but good lord. Uh, Kings, Pelicans at eight. Lakers, Jazz at nine, and Thunder, Warriors at.
1: Uh, my biggest takeaway here is definitely 76 through celtics. I don't know how it, it can't be for me personally. Um, Lakers and jazz is, is, I would say, a big one. Is it's tough to say every game we have now because of this play-in, is, is virtually unless you're the rockets or uh, you know one of the one of these teams that at the bottom don't really matter right now for a race. But then whoever's playing them obviously needs to win that game. I mean, it's just a lot of significant games here but 76ers and Celtics is huge to me. Um the next one I'd probably be most looking forward to, I guess Wolves and Nets is pretty big. Lakers got to win, Jazz have to win.
0: It, yeah, a lot of, tough to say. <laughs> this is this is the this is the brilliance of the play-in though. Um all these games matter. All these little teams are looking, you know, if we if we didn't have a play-in, we're not necessarily worried about who finishes 4th, 5th, 6th or 7th or we, we're not really worrying about who finishes 9th, 10th, or 11th. So it's extremely exciting. This is what it does, and, you know, this is why it's so successful, in my opinion. On Wednesday, Mike, we have the Pelicans and the Grizzlies at 8. We have the Kings and the Mavericks at 8.30, and the Lakers and the Clippers at 10. This last week for the Clippers is not going to be a, a walk in the park either. They have the Clippers and the Suns. Um, Uh, LeBron really needs to find start figuring out a rhythm. He's kind of been not great. Obviously, he might still be a little banged up. Uh, He came back pretty early from that injury. But um, big night Wednesday. Uh, Pelicans, Grizzlies. Grizzlies are competing for a one spot. Pelicans are competing for a play-in. It's just kind of the theme of the week.
1: Yeah, another (laughs) another good slate here Wednesday night. Uh, The Mavs. Boy, oh boy. The Mavs just need to win. I I mean, it doesn't matter. They just need the a win. Whole game out of the play in. Yeah, so that game's against the Kings no less. Um so that's no gimme for sure. But Lakers Clippers will definitely be some some popcorn action. That'll be fun.
0: Absolutely, Mike. Thursday, Heat Sixers, Heat trying to get out of the play in, trying to just be a playoff team. And if they win, they could match themselves up with the Sixers. So, potential first round matchup. Thunder Jazz, we know about Nuggets Suns. Nuggets Suns, real headliner here. Um, Kevin Durant, Nicole Jokic. Maybe this is a spot where Jokic can dominate, go on the road, uh, and get back his MVP. But then again, you also got to wonder how much are the Suns going to be playing Kevin Durant with the injury history? um I know he's just coming back the Suns have yet to lose with Kevin Durant 5 and 0 I believe um that'll be a extremely fun game as a potential second round matchup yeah I, I like
1: that one a lot um it just you you said it it just depends if everybody plays for Nuggets and Suns so it's going to be really fun guys are sitting out you know obviously it's it's still an impactful game but I would suspect that everybody I mean there's still a lot of movement that could happen in the West, so I would think everybody plays, and the Heat in 76ers, like you said, is another, um, another pretty big one. The Heat have been uh, up and down, but have been definitely more up lately, and they're uh, trying to fight out of not falling back into that play-in tournament, so that's big.
0: On or, Friday, fight, oh, sorry, guess, go
1: ahead. No, no, I was going to say, I guess they're technically still in the play-in. Yeah, they're trying yep. to fight their way out, I should say.
0: On Friday, we have Grizzlies-Bucks at 8, Pelicans-Knicks at 8. I think that's a sneaky, fun game to watch, um, although I don't know. The Knicks aren't going to have Randall, so we'll see. Bulls-Mavericks, big game. Um, Bulls pretty much have their seat set in at the play-in table, um, but we know what the Dallas Mavericks are playing for. Warriors-Kings could be a potential first-round matchup. Uh, Suns-Lakers, Kevin Durant-LeBron, we haven't seen them play against each other in a regular season game in a very long time, and I would expect that we will not be seeing the same. I'm sure uh, with the Suns playing Thursday, that Kevin Durant will not be playing in the second night of a back-to-back, so as brilliant as that game looks, I think that game's going to be a lot easier for the Lakers than kind of expected. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to that, I mean, for obvious reasons, that Bulls and
1: Mavs game. um the Mavs obviously need to win, but you said it. The Bulls are, you know, pretty much solid to make um, to make the plan, but they can move up within the plan, especially because right now I think they're sitting yep. at playing Toronto. Um, you know, if they were to somehow, yeah, I, you don't want Miami. I know that. Um, I just don't know. Depending on where Atlanta falls, Toronto falls, I feel much better if the Bulls get Atlanta. Um, But again, that's somewhat out of their control. So uh, the biggest thing for them is just make sure they they don't lose a whole bunch of these games. But the Mavs also really need to win. So that one's fun to me, obviously, just for the Bulls factor. But uh, Suns and Lakers will be fun too. I think, again, just depending on if... Do you think the Suns are resting Durant a lot?
0: No, not a lot, but definitely here. Second night of a back-to-back.
1: Yeah, it makes sense. But still, it's the way. Unless
0: they rest the night before against the Nuggets. Um, they're resting yeah. one of those nights. I would guess they pushed the Nuggets because that's a second-round matchup. The Lakers, they wouldn't run into the Lakers until the conference finals. Unless the Lakers won out and they somehow got to the five spot. But <laughs> if yeah. the Lakers end up at the five spot, dude... We had one hell of a week, let's just say that. Uh,
1: well, that's what I'm saying. I guess it's just, you, you know, either way, we're all, whoever we you kidding, we're all going to watch it. Um,
0: but you did make a good point on the Bulls. The Bulls can move up to the eight spot. I mean, the difference between, you know, obviously the difference between 7 and 8, 9 and 10 is huge. If you get to the eight spot, you do have to play the 7th seed, but then you get two cracks at it instead of one. You get two cracks to win one game instead of having to win two games. Um, so it's a huge difference, and obviously uh the eight seed would get the host or if you got to the eight spot and lost against Miami you'd still get the host that second game. Um Bucks or the Bulls put themselves in a good spot. It'd also be pretty wild to me if somehow the Bulls just ended up at the eighth spot. Um,
1: and I would love if that were to happen, I would love Miami to get it into the sixth spot and I'd much rather play Brooklyn yep. um, at seven.
0: I agree. Saturday, uh it's kind of the the, the last quiet day of the NBA, there's three games. I believe the other two are not meaningful. Nuggets as the only one that has any draw. But then on Sunday, Mike, we close the finale out every game at 1 o'clock or 3.30. It's going to feel like March Madness. We're going to have 15 games in a matter of like five or six hours. Um, I don't even know what's going to happen, man. It's going to be crazy, and that's just how our NBA season's going to end. Those... The the headliners of those fifteen games: Seventy Sixers, Nets. Um, we've talked about both those teams. Pelicans, T Wolves. Both know that they're playing for the play in. Grizzlies, Thunder. We're gonna see. This could be a potential one spot for the Grizzlies. Um, could be. A, it's obviously an important game for the Thunder. Nuggets, Kings. Um, you know, just two of the best teams in the West. Jazz, Lakers. I, you know, I. It's gonna matter if somewhere. Clippers-Suns potential first-round matchup, and that is how we end the season, Mike.
1: Yeah, uh, Clippers and Suns jump out to me as, you know, a great game. However, depending on how the standings go, those those two teams might just be locked into their spot and facing each other in the first round, right? Correct. Right. Uh, at four, right. uh, four and six. Well, yeah, never mind.
0: It it flips every day.
1: I was going to say, because the Golden State I have right now at five.
0: Oh, yeah, they're half game over uh, Clippers, my bad. Yep.
1: So that game, yeah, I mean, that depends. Um,
0: Oh, yeah, Clippers lost to the Seawoods last night, or Pelicans last night. Pelicans, Pelicans, I don't know that we talked about them. Yeah,
1: Yeah. I mean, geez, here we are. They have a chance to fight their way out of the play-in, too, and bump the Clippers in or bump the, the Warriors in. Um. Yeah. Right. Jeez. Yeah. (laughs) I forget that. That is just such that five, six, seven. Yeah. Five through ten right now is is wild. Or even four through ten if you wanna um, go one more. So that game, like I said, if they're locked in their spot and facing each other first round at four and five, the Clippers and Suns, then I imagine there's probably a lot of rest here. Um, but if they obviously teams need to win that game, then that one's gonna be super fun to watch. Um, the Lakers need to to win, obviously. Uh the Grizzlies you mentioned, they're fighting for a one spot, that's a big game for them. Pelican Seawolves is interesting. I don't know how much the the seventy sixers probably might not well, the seventy sixers need that game to move. Um, from they, there potentially. I believe
0: they're still in let me
1: see. Contention for second?
0: No. No, they're really. pretty much yeah, yeah. the is probably are shutting it down. Yeah.
1: Um, but obviously the Nets wanna keep out of the tournament, so that's big. So that yep. that
0: will be a very fun day, I think. Nets also still have a game and a half league. But Mike, that's how we wrap up the season, man. Um it's been a hell of a ride with you guys. It's been uh whew, it's been at times exhausting. It's been at times ex- surprising. Um this league this league never fails to disappoint maybe the best year. Um, we've had it in the NBA in quite some time. When you look at it from a couple different perspectives, um, parody being one, and uh, we really have no clue what the hell is going to happen in the playoffs. And I think that's, what's going to make it super fun to cover as we roll on out of here, Mike, final thoughts.
1: Um, enjoy the national championship game on Monday. Um, that'll be a and fun one. All but,
0: NBA. Baby. And, then,
1: and then after that, it is all NBA. And the last couple last week, the last few games, are going to be very fun for a lot of – well, I say very fun for teams, but very fun to watch, probably very stressful for a lot of teams, probably stressful for a lot of fans. But, hey, that's what we're here for. That's where our fans, we watch it. We're here to cover it. Thank you all for the support, and we will see you for some big episodes coming up here next week.
0: Appreciate you all for the support. Appreciate you, Mike and Jamie, for the ride this year. It's been a hell of a ride. been super fun. Um The white flag is up. We are in the last lap. We're in the final leg of the race. The sprint of all sprints are on. MVP is still open, in our opinions, maybe. uh, Or a bunch of playoff spots are still open. We don't know what the hell it's going to look like at the end of the day. Um, But I do know one thing. I can't wait to see how it goes. It's going to be a wild week. Sunday is going to be one of the best days that we have seen in the NBA. All 15 games going on in six hours. Can't wait to see how it finishes, guys. Peace out. Thank you for listening to the Nothing But Net NBA podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Nothing But Net.